0: Thank you. where spirit meets life and the joys and challenges that may bring you guys know i like to start by thanking ms beverly black and tribe family channel for helping me create this space for us tribe family channel is home to an assortment of thought-provoking shows that explore life spirit business and culture including the woman at the well hosted by ms beverly black herself somewhere in the middle was born on tribe family channel and though we've grown onto our own platform we are ever grateful and loyal to our roots to paraphrase an african proverb We are here only because we stand on the shoulders of those who can I want to say thank you to my guest on the August 9th show, Rabbi Yonason Goldson. You can connect with Yonason on social media and at his website, ethicalimperatives.com. If you miss that show, make sure you listen to the replay. You can find our complete show archives, including the August 9th show, at thesomewhereinthemiddlepodcast.com. I also want to shout out Bruce George of the Genius is Common movement, which encourages all of us to embrace our inner genius and share it with the world. It is really important that we share this message with the youth guys, but it's not just for the youth. We all need to be reminded that the world needs our genius. Learn more about the Genius is Common movement at www.geniusiscommon.com. Now those of you who have been listening to the show know that I typically don't get political in the intro. But with all the things that have been going on in the U.S. with regard to immigration, I feel compelled to say a few things. I am, I am distressed by how little compassion I see from people of all different backgrounds for the Hispanic people who have been targeted by the current U.S. president. I found myself moved to tears when I heard about the raid in Mississippi on the first day of school. Just thinking about the fear and anxiety those parents and their children are suffering makes me ashamed of this administration's policies. Ashamed, really, of the way our government is behaving overall. I can't even imagine the way those children felt to come home and learn their parents had been taken away. African Americans in particular should see the problems with this child separation policy and these rounding up of different people given that these are tactics used to destroy African culture and to break down families since the days of slavery. I will be fair, and I'll say that our Latinx brothers and sisters have not always been as eager as I would like to see for them to align themselves with our issues. But it is vital that we not allow false narratives that suggest our histories and cultures are so different that we should not be allies. It is imperative that African-Americans, Afro-Caribbean, and Latinx people come together to develop a comprehensive agenda that helps to protect all of us. For those African-Americans who feel this isn't our issue, I have to tell you that you're being politically naive. You might consider the things the administration is doing to the Latino people to be a trial run. If the current administration gets away with creating this new normal, who will they target next? I'm saying this not just for us out here in the streets, but I'm also saying this for the people who are in prison. The Hispanics and the African-Americans cannot fight each other anymore. Our cause is the same. It's time to unite. The people who would separate your families Are the same people who separated ours. So I'm gonna get off my soapbox now because we are back with another great interview. And I'm really excited to introduce this week's guest. LaShawn versus Shanique was born in Charleston. She is the mother of three children and resides in Charlotte, North Carolina. LaShawn writes action-packed mysteries filled with love and loss. Her characters are both feared, and fearless. Though ironically, in real life, LaShawn is afraid to look in the rearview mirror while driving at night. LaShawn is a hardworking dreamer who started out writing a stage play but instead turned it into I Beauty, her debut novel. She has an interest in everything from fantasy to forensic science. However, her true passion lies within whatever she can create. In her world, everything is in balance, whether positive or negative. Along with the graphic design skills that she picked up over the years, she's gained a great love for blues and jazz. And particularly, she developed a deep interest in writing lyrics, which led to a creative writing class in college. At present, LaShawn has written many things and is currently looking to publish her second project. Equipped with her biggest daydream, LaShawn intends to become a great author who will make her family proud. All right, so I'd like to welcome LaShawn versus Shanique to Somewhere in the Middle with Michelle Burard. LaShawn, thank you so much for being on the show. Thank
1: you for having me,
0: I'm excited. Well, I am super excited to have you on the show and I don't know if you know this, but I like to start out my interviews by asking two questions. Uh, are you ready for those two questions? I think so. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so LaShawn versus Shanique. Who are you and how did you become who you are today? Who am I? Good
1: question. I'm a lot of things. Um, (laughs) I've been called a lot of things too, but I'm a lot of great things. (laughs) Um, My sister, friend, um, and author, of course. Um, I'm just someone that likes love and life and everything that just, it's a smile on someone else's face and mine too. I love smiling when, when you're smiling. I don't know why, but I love to see people happy. Um, I'm just a well-rounded person that just, like like I said, enjoys life. And I started writing years ago, but I just never did anything with it. I would write plays. I would write poems. I would write songs and I would just give them away. And um, eventually I just decided to write for myself. And that's how I ended up being LaShawn versus Shanique
0: with my first book, Eye Beauty. And I just went from there. Awesome, awesome. So tell me about Eye Beauty. What was it about? That's an interesting name.
1: Um, Eye Beauty. It, it's very interesting to me because I made it up. Um, I, like I said, I've been writing for years, but in 2017, my dad became ill and he actually passed away on Christmas mm-hmm. of that year. Instead of me wanting to cry, because I wouldn't, I wouldn't cry. I wouldn't let anyone see me cry. I went to the funeral, didn't cry. But it was just all of this bottle-up emotion inside of me. So I just started writing. And <laughs> some of my characters are very angry because that's a part of the personality that I would display um, in my writing versus out in the real world. Because, of course, if you read the book, they're very violent. So mm-hmm. it was a way for me to express myself um everything's fictional um Mm -hmm. i get a lot of questions like who are these people they're all fictional (laughs) they're just parts of my personality (laughs) Mm -hmm. and when i would go through something i would just write and write how i felt and i just turned it into a book into characters but it's all about a woman who lost someone which is her husband who wasn't her dad of course but her husband and it's almost a fantasy because Um, in the end of the book, it turns out the way she would have wanted it versus him being just out of her life completely. So it it was my reality that I ended with a fantasy that I would have loved to happen.
0: Oh, wow. Okay. So you mentioned something uh, that's kind of interesting, that the characters were different parts of your personality. How did that play out? I mean, was it where you were working out that, anger or sadness what was going on there and what were you putting into the characters because of that
1: um yes beauty is basically who i was um she lost her husband and went through all of these emotions um she wanted to be by herself but then she wanted to be um, hurtful to others. She wanted to be angry. Then she wanted to laugh, but couldn't. And all of those emotions that I went through. Then we have other characters in the book, like Trace, who is a fan favorite. Um, when he got upset, he would actually physically do things um, to harm people, which are all bad people. Everyone that he killed, they deserve to die. <laughs> but okay. um, that was like, my most angry person, at my most angry stage. And then we have... Um, the kids that were just lighthearted and they were just like reminding me of my kids and how they comforted me when I was going through things. So every character was placed as I was going through things emotionally and that's how I related to each of them.
0: So you mentioned um, your kids. So essentially you wrote your ki- yourself and your kids into the book. How did your kids uh, feel about that?
1: My son, who is eighteen, um, the son in the book is only like four or five, but my son, who is eighteen, I didn't even know he read the book. And so one day he came downstairs. He was like, "Do you know these people?" And I was like, "Something like that." But the book is fiction, son. None of this really happened. Um, but he was, this is a crazy book. And I like, and I, I didn't know the child read. I'm gonna be honest with you. <laughs> it was just so amazing when he came downstairs, and then my nephew. He was like, can I get like the part two? And I I have yet to tell them how I actually came up with the book. It's just something that me and a a few close people know, but Um, I don't want to tell them I wrote it because I was sad and I was going through something because they always see me as a strong person. They just know that I made these people up and these people are either really crazy or really sweet or um, (laughs) they, they just love them. But my kids literally don't know that it's my emotions being played out. Not real life, but just the emotional state
0: mm-hmm. of my life. Well, you know, and that's interesting because you know writing can be so therapeutic and it sounds yeah. like that's one of the things that you found about writing. And do you do you still do that? Do you still write your emotions out of you and and how does that play out? Do you journal? What do you do?
1: I do. I actually use my phone and I can say journal. Um, I love to actually write things down, physically write things down. Mm-hmm. I'm still old school that way. Mm-hmm. And I do. And it actually makes me a lot calmer. Um, and it's noticeable to people because I, I have a lot of people, a lot of friends that will say like, you're pretty calm. Or um, is everything okay? Because you don't seem like, you know, you really care about anything. <laughs> like nothing <laughs> bothers you. And it's, They don't know, like when it does, I immediately take to my, either my phone or my notebook, if I can't get to an actual notebook and type it in my notes or I write it down. And for whatever reason, once I get it out of me, I feel so much better about everything. It doesn't bother me as much as it used to when I would just bottle everything up inside.
0: So it's like just the process of getting all those extra thoughts out kind of clears the energy so that you can move forward in a different way absolutely that's exactly what it is so if you were to give some advice to someone who wants to write what would you, what advice would you give them
1: i would tell them to write for them that's the first thing um, a lot of people write to try to appease everyone else write for you and genuinely let it be for you write your thoughts and add the entertainment factor on for your audience. So it's all you with a little spice um, to Mm it just to grab their attention. Um, Don't, I actually had to stop reading. I do still order other people's books just for support. I stopped reading because I didn't want to take in anyone else's information, their stories. So I just, you know, for a while until I know that, I'm not going to, because I, I hear a lot of stories about people. Um, someone stole my work, and right. all of this. So, I read anyone else's work. I will purchase it and give it to a friend to make sure that I support everyone. But, um, just you have to be in in your own lane, just in your own mindset. Write for yourself, and if it, it has to be something that you love to do, it really does. Or it just won't come out right. And it has to be something that you're passionate about because it takes time. Like between work and the kids and writing,
0: I don't have a lot of time for anything else. So you're saying that you spend most of your time with those three things, taking care of your kids, writing, and work. Yes. And what's the most challenging part of those three things? Needing to get out (laughs) with other adults. I work Mm -hmm. from home. So I'm at
1: home all the time, Mm -hmm. and all my breaks I'm riding, and when I'm not riding, I have two daughters, I have a 20-year-old and a a 12-year-old, they're always with me, like, I will literally get up and go to the kitchen, and they're behind me, walking to the kitchen, (laughs) talking, so and i'll be typing and they'll be like hey mom are, are you writing what's going on i have a question and it's not a real question it's like did you see the end of that show so <laughs> it's hard to focus so <laughs> i have the most difficult thing is just focusing and being persistent and consistent you just want to make sure you stick to it um because it's hard and it's easy to get i try not to get distracted um and then sometimes i get cabin fever so that's what another thing. I used to go out and hang out. Now I don't do that. So now when I do get out, it's like I'm running out the door screaming like a little <laughs> kid. For so for That'll be the hard thing, just that discipline to stay in the house and make sure you get this book done because you have fans sending you messages yeah. <laughs> um, or emailing you or leaving reviews that are really good, but the review is saying don't make us wait another year for the next book. So i um, <laughs> Yeah, I get, so, I get like threats from fans and I'm like, you guys know this isn't even real, right? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, just the hardest thing is just disciplining yourself to focus on what you need to focus on.
0: Wow. Okay, so you said that you have always been writing though. And, mm-hmm. But you didn't decide to do anything with your writing until Eye Beauty. What about all your old work? What happened to that?
1: I have them in my laptop. I have them um, printed out. I looked in the garage the other day. I wrote a play. It's just sitting there. I had a girlfriend that kept telling me because she's a really good singer. She was like, can we just do the play? Um, <laughs> I just keep it. I have notebook pads If you go through my house, you'll find sheets of notebook paper with writing on them. So I don't know what I'm going to do with it yet. I know mean, eventually I have to do some things with it. Um, I wrote songs. Um, that I've given to people, I just
0: didn't do what I
1: should have done with it, you
0: know. Okay. Well, why do you think that is? Because I think a lot of writers have that. You know, I myself have notebooks everywhere. Um, I won't even tell mm-hmm. you. I found notebooks from when I was in like fifth grade that I'm still wow. carrying around with little scribbles in it, you know, things I used to write back then. So why do you think that writers hold on to all of that old stuff if they're never going to do anything with it?
1: See, if, if they're like me, in my mind, 10, 15 years ago when I did it, I was absolutely going to do something with it in my mind. I just never got around to doing it. <laughs> um, so again, it, it has to be something that's going to force you to do it. I am one of the most inconsistent people you may ever meet. I have to force myself to be consistent. It's like a, a struggle, a everyday struggle. I tell people when they meet me, listen, I'm very inconsistent. Please don't expect consistency from me. Um, and we get distracted. I don't think it's a situation to where they don't want to write or they don't want to put it out. We just get distracted with life. Mm-hmm. Or sometimes um, it's that I'm not good enough factor. Oh, this isn't good enough. No one's gonna like eye beauty I did not know what was going to get that reaction. I just put it out. It was my dad's birthday, wrote it, said, I'm going to have it out this day, published it, that that was it. I did not expect to go. I, I didn't expect for it to go the way that it did. Sometimes we just have that self-doubt, like oh, nobody's really going to read this, or it doesn't matter, or just anything to push us away from doing what, we're really, what we really need to be doing. So it could just be that.
0: or the inconsistency, you know? hmm So you, you said you thought maybe, maybe you weren't good enough if, at one point or maybe you had some self-doubt. How did you deal with that sense of self-doubt? It sounds like with iBeauty, you just said, screw it, I'm putting this out there. But something had to have happened before that to make you get to the point where you said, okay, let me just do this.
1: My number one fan was no longer here. My dad was my number one fan. So I had nobody to disappoint at this point, like who's here to disappoint, so I'm, I, I'm going to put it out, if they like it, if they like it, if they don't, you know, <laughs> the the one person that could say that I don't like it and it would matter to me was gone. Mm-hmm. So, and I didn't realize that until he was gone. So, I mean, it just, it, it became like, okay, here we go. So I just tried started trying different things. So that's what just made me just say, you know there it is, guys. I beauty. Really read it. Let me know what you think.
0: And how did people react to the book at first? I mean, who did you give it? Did you, uh, how did you go through the publishing process and how did you market your book?
1: Um, the publishing, I did um, create space with Amazon. Mm-hmm. I had a girlfriend that went through a publisher and she was like, listen, I went through a publisher, wasn't a good experience. Um, she was like, you're not, you know, obsessed, and you're not, you know, going crazy about it. Why don't you try self-publishing? She said, if you do it, it's going to be a lot of marketing on your end, but um, people love you, so they pay attention to things that you say. She's like, you can go on Facebook and say the simplest thing, and all of these people just like you, or you go on Instagram, you have people just liking you. So she was like, do create space first, see if that works for you, um, and that's pretty much what I did. I used i believe it's called fever or fiver for some marketing as well Mm -hmm. i'm just getting like sell sheets out they created some of the book promo videos for me um that is an amazing site i partner with a. I got a lot of author friends on facebook and instagram Mm -hmm. um people tend to say that we don't work together. I had an amazing last year just learning from different authors that I've never seen in my life. Um, There's a lot of amazing people out there that are willing to help you, that are willing to just give you advice, information, give you pointers. Um, You can take it or leave it. Mm-hmm. But it's just a lot of people. It, I loved it. I loved seeing, it, especially women. There were a lot of women that were just willing to help, willing to give advice, teach me how to market. I had someone even... Go as far as telling me when to post on Instagram. I I don't even remember her name because she just popped up on my um, timeline one day. Hey, this is when you should post. This is what you should post. And I just started gaining followers and everything from what they were saying. Wow. So yeah, the marketing was what I was afraid of. Mm-hmm. But I had a lot of help with that. So I'm. I mean, eventually, I guess I'll get a publisher. But so far, so good with just the self publishing.
0: Well, and, you know, there's the argument, and I I tell people this all the time, you know, because, you know, I do the editing and everything, and they ask me, well, should I try and get a publisher? Should I self-publish? I said, these days, from everything that I hear from authors, even if you have a publisher, you still have to market your book anyway.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: So unless you're, you know, what's the guy, uh, um... I can't think of his name right now, the one who's always on TV talking about his books. Patterson. Patterson. Unless you're somebody like yes. James Patterson who's already made, you know, millions upon millions of book sales, they're not pushing your book anyway. Not the way they used to promote books. Right. So if you still have to do all the legwork, why give up all the money? Cuz you, you know, on a traditional contract, you don't typically make most of the money in the in the contract anyway. So that I think that's something to be to 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 be considered as well. How do you feel about that?
1: I absolutely agree. Um, the one thing I feel like everyone should get is an, a professional editor. That's one thing I don't skim on. You mm-hmm. need to get the book edited professionally. I don't care how much you read it; you're going to miss things. The editor might miss things, and when you go back to read things, you're going to miss things. And that's the one thing. But as in publishing, um, if you're serious about it do the self-publishing because it's going to make you market because like you said, you don't get sales unless you actually market that book. Mm-hmm. A lot of publishers that I was talking to was telling me that I was going to market it anyway myself. So that was another thing. Like you said, if I'm going to do this anyway, it's like I'm doing everything and you're getting a piece of the pie.
2: right? Unless
1: I, I want to get myself to a status to where I'm like a James Patterson to where, okay, now you're willing to pay me for my talent because um. I just think they're getting paid for your talent, if that makes sense. Oh, yeah. I don't want anyone else paid for my talent. So I, I love an editor. I love a good editor. I love a good formatter, um, mm-hmm. beta readers. And, and these are the things that I learned throughout the year. I didn't know. No. One of these, <laughs> sometimes for people before I put out iBeauty, but you just have to reach out and learn. I think it's better. And... I think I wouldn't have been as serious about my book if someone else was in charge of it, you know? Ah,
0: yeah. Because then you feel like, well, they're handling things as opposed to you being the responsible party. But you you also, you said you work from home. So you have your own business or do you work as a contract? You know, do you mind my asking? I don't know.
1: No, I'm fine. I work for Verizon Wireless. Oh,
2: okay. Okay. (laughs)
1: Yes, they um, started a pilot to where we can work at home, which um, was amazing for me because um, my older two kids are 18 and 20, so they're fine, but I still have a 12-year-old, right? I miss so many, you know, different events with my older two because I was always working. And now that they're old enough to be out of the house, my oldest daughter's in college, my son is somewhere trying to figure out his life, (laughs) but... Um, with 18 year old boys and I was like what are you going to do with your life son he's like live it but he doesn't get me in trouble so I'll say that yeah. but I wanted to be home with my daughter like mm-hmm. I wanted to see me so when they gave the opportunity to work from home I, I took I took them up on it and I love it I actually love what I do that's so, wonderful it, it's a good job yep yeah, it's a real job that's
0: and the reason I asked though, the reason I asked is because, you know, you seem to have an entrepreneurial approach to things and you kind of have to have an entrepreneurial approach to writing a book. A lot of authors, I think, don't realize that they're starting a business and that they have to become marketers. And you seem to pick, to pick up on that very quickly.
1: Yeah, I had a t-shirt business before and I remember how I marketed that. And that was a lot of work. But that yeah. taught me that I, am my own brand. like they don't know you, you have to brand yourself just like a company. LaShawn versus Shanique is a brand. Um, so. The marketing has to go into that brand. You know, you, you have to just put everything into it. So I did have, um, some sort of, you know, outlook on what you were supposed to do to run a business. I didn't know it was going to be this hard because I've never put anything in any amount of energy into what I'm putting into this book besides the kids. So I just know you have to go hard. You have to let everybody know. Um, cause I'm not a people person. You would think I am, but I'm not. You have to let people know that you, you sell a book. You, you like, you know, you like me, yeah, but then you would love this book that I have. Like it's a brand because they're buying you, not the actual book.
0: So, right. Well, and I always tell authors too, cause some authors say, well, I just want to do an ebook. I said, well, what if you want to do live events? You want to have a physical book. People like getting mm-hmm. a physical book from you, you know?
1: They do. They even like still getting um, a signed copy, which was shocking. Mm-hmm. Yep. The first time someone was like, I want my copy signed. I'm like, from who? <laughs> so, <laughs> I'm like, I'm gonna throw you off like, what do you mean you want to sign? Like with my name? They're like, yeah. And then I started getting that a lot. So I have people that only want signed copies. Now I have people like, well, I got my copy. When are you coming to sign it? So um, you're right. There's a lot of people. I am, uh, I get Kindle books, like I said, just to make sure I support. I like the physical book too, so I definitely understand where they're coming from.
0: Well, you know what made me stop getting so many physical books was I was traveling so much. And they, they get heavy in suitcases. So <laughs> put everything on the phone or on the iPad, it's much easier to have, you know, like that. But I'm, that's when you, when you meet an author, when you're physically in front of them, you're talking with them, you do want that memento. And I think it's mm-hmm. really good for people to have those. And I encourage people doing live events. I encourage authors to sign up for festivals and book fairs and things like that. Um, have you found that those are good events for you to do?
1: I did. Um, I had my first networking event back in January. Um, a girlfriend threw it. Uh, she just started doing networking events, and she made me a speaker. Uh, well, she asked if I wanted to be a speaker. I agreed. Um, <laughs> I was nervous, and I told her, "I'm like, I'm not sure if this is something that I can do if I want to do." And she was like, "You got it. Don't worry about it." I did it, and I loved it. I love networking. I actually love standing in front of people and talking and getting to know them. And then they see you. And then there were so many people that didn't know about the book. So now you have um, them telling people about the book. And it was it was amazing. So that's what really kicked off me wanting to do live events mm-hmm. because that helped out. And then I would have people um, sending me Facebook requests. Hey, I, saw, I heard that you were at a networking event. I um, heard you were great. I want to get your book. I want to support. I want to partner with you. So. The live events are amazing. That one event was better than me marketing, you know, for a whole month on the internet.
0: Well, I think that's amazing because I find that live events are absolutely the best thing that you can do to promote yourself and your book and also connect with the audience. You know what I mean? Really connect with people because they get to talk with you you know, and and get a sense of who you are as a person. Did you find that people connected with you more in those live events?
1: They did, because the majority of the people that knew of me knew of me from social media. So they knew that I was the blunt person from social media, the funny person, the person that, you know, posted whatever. But when they met me, it was like I was the the same person, but 2.0. And great personality and love to have fun and smile. There were lots of people that were just afraid of my presence because they were like, well, we don't want her to say anything because, you know, she might just, she doesn't care what she says. But then when they met me, they loved me. So it's it's that text concept that I always say. You will never know exactly what a person means or feels Mm -hmm. when they text you. You can't see them. You don't know their expressions. You You can't read their faces. So that taught me a valuable lesson. They actually need to see you to see who you actually are because you could be anybody on social media. Right, so exactly. The live, the live events are the best. Like, they're, they're the
0: best. Okay, but now you said something else that made me wonder. What is it that you're saying online that made people think that you were just this blunt person and they didn't know they didn't know if they could have <laughs> you to speak? What was it that they that they were picking up on online that was maybe intimidating or confusing, whatever, to them?
1: Um, I, I, I I'm whatever I am thinking. I'm going to say I'm not going to say it mean. I'm not going to say it nasty. Um, I'm not going like if we're friends and I can look at you and tell what you're thinking. I'm going to say exactly what you're thinking, but it's going to be in a very professional way. But I'm going to say it. So mm-hmm. on Facebook. I can voice my opinion and say what I want to say, and I don't, I'm not a very regrettable person. I don't regret a lot of things. I don't regret what I say. A lot of people won't do anything because they're afraid of the response. They're afraid of what people are going to think. That has never bothered me. I'm okay with it. So I can get on facebook and somebody could say something to me and i'm going to say something right back normally something would shut somebody down i'm the person like okay tag me in and we go from there yeah i'm the tag me in for no let me get this i got this i promise you i got it um and people see that but they don't see the and they see the funny person but they don't see the fun person Gotcha. you know know that we're going to have a great time when we go out and i'm around you i'm going to make you laugh and i'm going to make sure you're okay now when they meet me they're like you're like a big sister you like make sure everybody's okay i'm like yeah like i don't argue with people for no reason it's a reason if you see me like telling somebody no that's not right that's stupid don't do that so uh and people that are timid they're they're like i said intimidated by that but Mm. they tend to love me once they meet me but I'm very cautious about who I need and who I let my, my space and whose energy I allow around me. So
0: I'm very standoffish at first because I mm-hmm. have to feel out of situation, And that so, scares people too. So that's something else intriguing that you said. You said you have to um, be very cautious. You feel cautious about letting just anybody's energy in. Why is that? What is it that you're kind of looking for and keeping at bay, and why is that?
1: Um, I've had situations to where I will be fine. I'm having a great day, and then somebody would come around me with this nasty energy, and they're Mm -hmm. upset, and they're complaining, and they have all of this drama going on. Now, my life is fine, but for whatever reason, I'm feeling like I have the worst life in the world, (laughs) and it's like I'm picking up on that person's energy. And it's like doing something to me that it doesn't need to do. So when I hear that, when I hear people talking negatively, hear them complaining, hear them just whining, I kind of stay away from that because I tend to pick up on all of those emotions. And now I'm feeling crazy for no reason. I have a nice home. My bills are paid. My kids are great. But yet I'm feeling like life is just over. So I learned from that just to protect my energy and protect my space around me. So when I see that, I tend to walk
0: in the other direction. And you know, that is a thing. To- mm-hmm. I'm sorry, that is a thing. What you're saying is actually a thing <laughs> where you can pick up on people's negative energy and it can really drag you down emotionally, you know? Yes, and you, you're like, what is wrong with me? And all
1: of this it's transference of negative energy. And I stay here. Um, people say it all the time, and I was like, "Well, if they're crazy over there, I'm fine here." The older that I got, I would just be like, "So, wow, nothing good ever happens to you. You're just always sad." And <laughs> I don't know what it was, but I just felt it. Like now, my life is over too. <laughs> mm-hmm. You're, yeah. So I, I pick up on energy. I pick up on just that negativity, and I I, I physically feel it. I don't know how, but I just do. So I just tend to,
0: you know, protect my space. That's beautiful. I think it's beautiful that you recognize that. And I think it's beautiful that you, you know, are protective of yourself in that way. That's really important because a lot of, I think this is a theory that I have. I mean, obviously I can't prove it, but I think that a lot of people who are drawn to things like writing are actually very empathetic people. Mhm it's that empathy that is making you pick up on other people's negative energy and draw that in unintentionally.
1: I truly believe that. I really do. And I think that's how we're able to get it out too. So the negative energy that we do pick up, we get it out with the pain. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I, 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 I think
0: there you go. No, I think that's awesome. Yeah, getting that out with the pen—that's that's exactly what needs to happen. Yeah, you know, I have another question for you, right? Okay, I think I'm ready. <laughs> what is the significance of Lashawn versus Shanique?
1: Uh, exactly what it is. You might get Lashawn, you might get Shanique. And sometimes the two battle with each other. I have <laughs> actually had conversations with myself saying, okay, if you do that, you're going to jail. And I'm like, well, I don't... So, <laughs> LaShawn is a reasonable person. We are going to think it through. We're going to think about the pros and the cons. Shanique does not care. We are going to do it. Once Shanique comes out, <laughs> it's over. It's like, because La- Shanique watched LaShawn do everything right, and that didn't work. So... <laughs> So Shanique, like, I'm about to catch a charge. <laughs> yes. You just better have this bill money ready, LaShawn, because we're we going to do it. So I battle with myself a lot. Um, it was a time that there was no LaShawn versus Shanique. It was just all Shanique and whatever it, and whatever it was, it was. Now LaShawn is more like, okay, mm, we really don't want to do that. Like, I, I talk to myself. People want to admit it, but sometimes you have to talk to yourself out of the crazy mm-hmm. like okay mm-hmm. why are you even mad today? Why do you have the attitude? You need to calm down. Um sometimes I find myself arguing in the middle of the argument. I'm like, would you just shut up? <laughs> like I'm tired of hearing your voice. <laughs> so,
0: I well, mean you know, that's just it, it. I call it talking myself out of the tree. <laughs> yeah, the crazy tree. That's <laughs> my- <laughs> I said,
1: I said, I don't want to date anybody that's going to come up in the crazy tree with me. I need somebody to get me down of <laughs> the crazy tree. If you out there with me, that's going to be a problem. <laughs> I always say that. My friends, I need real friends that's going to say, girl, don't do that. I don't need anybody that's going to be a yes man because we're going to jail. Because in my head, I'm right. In my head, I'm right. And if I don't have any... Uh, my girlfriends to say you're not right, but oh, we're doing it. I don't need it. I don't need someone <laughs> to second the foolery. Oh, so you agree too? Okay, so come on, come on, let's go. <laughs> that's
0: fabulous. Oh, that's right. <laughs>
1: that's yeah, so fabulous. That's song versus Shemmy comes in, and I have friends that'll be like, um, they'll call me like, okay, who am I talking to today? So they made a joke out of it, and then it became my name. Like, okay. So who ta- who are we talking to today? I'm like I'm Lashawn. What's up? That's beautiful. <laughs> Friends would be like, no, I need Shanique. I don't need Lashawn right now. I need I need Shanique on the line. I'm like, okay, you got her. What's going on? So
0: that's what? not the name was a, just like a joke at first. But
2: mm-hmm.
0: that's up now. That's fabulous. I think it's absolutely fabulous. I think it's wonderful because we all have those two sides to us. The logical Mm -hmm. side and the, oh, I'm going to say wild side, for lack of a better term. (laughs) That's beautiful. Well, LaShawn, tell me, um, what do you have going on? What projects do you have going on right now?
1: I am, well, I just put out book two, Broken Promises,
0: the sequel to iBeauty.
1: I'm actually working on the third book. Now, it took me a year to do book two because, like I said, I had to force myself to be consistent. I had to force myself to stay inside and do the work. Um, Book three, I'm challenging myself to have that out by my birthday, which is May 25th. Um, So I'm excited about that. Um, Hopefully, I can go into the editing process in another week or two. So that's what I'm working on. I also have um, the Atlanta Kickback book show. Um, Oh, my goodness. What is it called? I think it's the Atlanta Kickback. I think that's what call it's called, but um, that's going on July 20th. I'm looking for other events that I want to get into, so there should be some more um, throughout the year. But so far, um, that's what I have going on, and I do plan on doing a Christmas book this se- um this Christmas season. Um, mm-hmm. I think it's going to be yeah, more of a Geechee gala because I'm from Charleston, South Carolina. So mm-hmm. I'm thinking I'm going to call it like Gala Christmas series. And go from there. I haven't worked it out yet, but by Christmas, I definitely will have that out.
0: Beautiful. Beautiful. And where can people, I mean, you have a website? Yes. Lashawn versus com. Awesome. Um,
1: you can go there. And, yep. Keep up with the different events that I have going on. Um, the live networking events, um, the books. I have, every book, it has a link to the Amazon accounts that I have. So you'll be able to go straight to Amazon and make the purchases. Um, I do mock-ups for different authors. Um, just to make sure that you know, I love the looks of a different book, and you know, I like making them. I, it's weird, but <laughs> um, it's like book art. Yeah, I love the book art. Um, but yeah, that's that's what I'm doing so far, and that's the
0: website. That's wonderful. And can people connect with you on social media?
1: Yes, I'm Lashawn versus Shanique on Facebook. My Facebook author page is Author Lashawn versus Shanique, and on Instagram, I'm at Lashawn underscore versus vs underscore Shanique, and on twitter i'm at hood crazy co C R A Z Y
0: C O. oh that's from mine. okay wait you said it's hood crazy what hood crazy co hood crazy co i love that yes. <laughs> <laughs> all right all right awesome Lashawn. thank you so much for being on somewhere in the middle with michelle broad everybody make sure that you follow LaShawn and we want to see the next book out by your birthday. We're holding you to that. Oh my goodness. Well, thank you. All right. So next we're going to hear from our good friend Julia Black in our segment called True Talk. I know building a website can be intimidating, but you need a place where your audience can connect with you. Instead of fighting with technology, try the easiest, most flexible website builder available with templates for all types of websites, ranging from landing pages to e-commerce. Urban Book Editor's platform makes creating an author website quick and easy. Just add a section, upload your photos and videos, type your text, and you're in business. It couldn't be easier. And if you sign up for an annual plan, you can get 10% off the first year. Just use discount code FIRSTYEAR. That's one, S-T-Y-E-A-R. The number one, S-T-Y-E-A-R in all caps. Take advantage of the 14 day free trial. No credit card is needed. Visit urbanbookeditor.com and select, create your author website from the menu bar at the top of the page. No more struggling with technology. No more paying a small fortune to developers. Create beautiful websites without learning to code. Spend more time writing and less time worrying about your website. Just go to urbanbookeditor.com and select create your author website. You'll see how easy it is to build a great website to showcase your work. Go to urbanbookeditor.com and select create your author website today. So we are back with Julia Black and True Talk. Hey, Julia. Hey, show! So Julia, we were talking and we're talking about this whole energy thing, this whole energy thing. And, you know, I have very particular views on that. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, But, and, and when I talk about energy, I don't want it to sound like, oh, we're just talking about some fairy dust thing. We're talking about the very real concept of interacting with other people and taking on board their emotions their energy their feelings their anxieties what have you and how that can impact us and how important it is that we are aware that that's a possibility and and what we can do about it what are, what are your thoughts on that i mean do you think i sound like a nutcase when i
2: talk Oh well, no about that? no and in fact no and, and 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 we'll even back up a little bit further for so for so for those that don't experience this regularly or haven't realized that they that this is a thing um, we've all walked into a room where the vibe was off, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. And that—that's the best—that's the best explanation I can give you is that you walk in, and even if everybody is still talking and every, and you look at everybody individually, and everybody seems pretty happy, but the vibe of the room is completely off. It makes you on edge, right? It makes you stop for a minute and go, "Okay, wait a minute, what's going on in here? And 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 what's wrong?" Right. Uh, so so this is a thing that everybody has experienced, whether we realize it or not. And for me, I am particularly sensitive to these things. Um, and I have been for a very long time, my whole life. In fact, um, I've been very sensitive to other people's energy. So I've had to do a lot more in my life to manage that. Um, because I actually didn't, even though I was feeling everything, I actually didn't realize I was taking it on until I was in my 20s. And so or that, pe- or that it was even possible to take it on, that it was possible for, for my psyche and my the way that I was viewing the world and how I was feeling was directly related to the feelings of people around me. Um, and so it's, it's, it's an important thing because I think um, you know, we are as people, we are relation, we are very relational. It is important for us to be around others. It is important for us to interact with others. Um, and so, um, as there's a direct result of us then, there's a possibility that we can take on kind of negativity or anger or depression or anxiety or something else from the people around us. Or happiness or, or joy happiness.
0: or excitement. I oh, know yeah. all of the
2: good stuff too. And in fact, yeah. we all, you're, you're totally right because we all have these friends, right? We all have these friends that we love being around because they're just happy all the time. Um, I have a couple friends like that. The the one that I love the most is in Denmark, and it makes me sad sometimes because it's like, oh, I just want to be with Casey. She's just, <laughs> um, <laughs> because, yeah. Because you can't help but smile, but when when you're around her, um, but yeah, you're right. It it is it is not just the negative stuff. It is the positive stuff too. Well, but this is important
0: on a lot of levels. It's important on a personal level, but it's also important in terms of our goals as writers or as business people or what have you. Because let's say in the case of writing a book, since, you know, we, we've talked mm-hmm. about this before, in the case of writing a book, if writing a book was easy, everybody would do it. I know it seems sometimes like everybody's doing it now, but trust me, not everybody's writing a not book. Not everybody's doing it. Not everybody's doing it. So if it were easy, everybody would be doing it. And so you have these people who are going, maybe they decide, okay, I'm going to write a book. This is my first book. I've never done this before. I don't even necessarily consider myself to be a writer because maybe they're a math nerd or something like that, or maybe they just weren't great in school. And so here they are as an adult now saying, I'm gonna write a book, and they're like intimidated. If you are hanging around with your friends and family who have never written a book, and they're saying, oh, you're gonna write a book? that is not the energy you need around you when you're trying to do something new, when you're Mm -hmm. trying to do something ambitious, you need to find, you know, like writers groups and people like that, people who believe that they can do the same thing that you're trying to do. And you all pump each other up. You all Mm -hmm. help each other become better. You all share your concerns and that way you have a support system and you're not just relying on, you know, your mom who's going to read your book and go, Oh, it's beautiful baby and not have any, valuable feedback because they just love you and all of this, or the people who are like, how are you going to write a book? You were a D student. You know what I mean? So Mm -hmm. it's important. This energy thing is not just a personal, like how I feel kind of loosey goosey thing. It's also important in business and, and, and your career and your education
2: and your relationships and so forth. Don't you think? Oh yeah, absolutely. Without a doubt. I think, I think it's vitally important um, to learn from as many people and be around as you can and to be around people that kind of understand your plight or have been where you are um, it's hard starting a business. It's really, really hard. There are aspects of starting a business that I had no idea I was going to have to deal with, namely all of the self-conscious stuff and all of my kind of fears and self-esteem issues and all of that stuff kind of came to the surface. So it was really important for me to be around people who had, who have done this and who have gotten through it and who can encourage me to work through the stuff and then to figure out how to solve the problems because every, because you're, there are problems that pop up or challenges that pop up in your business from the day it starts until the day you decide to close it. That's just the way it's going to happen. So being around people that, that are encouraging and understanding, even if they can't help you solve the problem, they understand the plight that you're going through. Um, that's important. Well, and then it can even
0: extend into like your personal life, right? I know for me, I, I had a girlfriend who would call me, I, I swear, I think she used to call just to complain sometimes, not to really share anything upbeat and all that. And it's it's challenging because you want to be there for people. You want to be supportive of people. But I would then take that energy on board. And then I would feel some kind of way, you know what I mean? Like, in well, fact... Yeah. I even discovered that it was drawing down my energy in such a way that I had to eat. Mm-hmm. Like almost as soon as she called, I was going to the kitchen to get something to eat. And it was because my body was literally feeling the energy drain away from me and I was trying to get my energy back up.
2: Mm-hmm. And, well, yeah. I had to start and I
0: started this- thinking about that. Like, like, okay, this is not me. I don't sit around snacking in the middle of the day. That's not me. I don't do this. So what's going on? And I had to really evaluate that And then start thinking about other strategies like, well, do I pick up the
2: phone? Maybe well, yeah, I don't. Exactly. And I I mean, and I have this, I, I absolutely have this issue because I am so sensitive to the way that, that other, to other people's feelings and emotions and reactions, um, I had to really stop because there were some times when I was depressed for a couple of days or I was really unfocused or unmotivated or I, or I was like, okay. And I had to stop and go, okay, what, what, what has changed? What, what is, what brought this on? And then kind of think about the last couple of days and go, oh, I was talking to this friend. Um, and this friend, when, you know, when she calls, everything is negative and, you know, doesn't, no matter how, whatever problem she's bringing up no matter how much I try to problem solve it with her it's like no but you're wrong no but you're wrong no but and she just wanted to wallow kind of in her negativity um and so there had to be a kind of weaning off if you will um she and I are I mean we we just kind of stopped chatting um not because I cut her off or because she cut me off it just kind of happened that way. Mm -hmm. So there are, um, you know, but it, but it probably would have led to, you know, me cutting her off because, um, because I can't handle it because essentially what I've done, because I'm so sensitive to things, I stopped watching the news like 15 years ago. Um, I just, I can't, it, it, it depresses me. It is a bunch of negative. It is, it is, it is negativity over negativity over negativity, And it's too hard for me to set to not to take that on. So I have my own kind of ways for me to understand, to know what's going on in the world, but I don't really read any full on articles. I don't watch, I don't watch the news, Um, you know, and I, I, I've kind of created a, created a space where there's not a lot of other people's negativity bombarding my life.
0: Well, you know, and that's really important what you said about the news because well, and you and I've talked about this, I stopped watching the news years ago as well, only jumped back on for a while during uh, the hurricane Katrina situation, then jumped back off. And the reason I did that was because I found that I took on a lot of emotions based on what was going on there. Mm-hmm. And I feel strongly, and this is why i wanted to start this podcast in a way is I feel very strongly that we are in a negative feedback loop in the United States right now where people are not talking to each other they're talking at each other and where everybody's focused on their particular news perspective and and, you know, Political they're a little, views, yeah, yeah, they're little perspective, they're silos and everybody's, it's like, it's like talking into the wind and there's no communication. There's no understanding that's taking place. Instead, it's just more and more stress and strife and confusion. Mm-hmm. And it's becoming a negative feedback loop, right? So you watch the news in the morning, you go to work, you're in traffic, you're angry, you're frustrated, you're stressed out. You Then you have a terrible day at work and then you come home and you watch more of that news that's stressing you out. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. So it doesn't even mean that you have to be interacting with people you know. You could just be in traffic and picking up the anger and frustration of everybody being yeah. in traffic and everybody's angry and frustrated. And we have to be so careful about that because I think it just creates this environment where there is so little positive constructive conversation taking place Mm -hmm. no one trusts anyone no one understands one another and it's just we have to get to a point where we we break
2: that yes
0: you know I feel very strongly about this so sorry to go on about it
2: no it's (laughs) no it's no it's very important and 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 to piggyback off of that there you know it's important to re to to realize what your reactions are to other things not just the news so like Mm -hmm. my husband and i are a big fan of like crime shows like crime dramas yeah um but there are some that we cannot watch because both of us you know it it completely warps our view of the world so like criminal minds is a great show and it's on it's in syndication and it's on all the time Mm -hmm. but there's a very but but when you're following serial killers yep (laughs) <laughs> you know, you, you get you get attached to that view of the world that everyone is really crazy. And don't get me wrong, I don't trust a whole lot of people, but but I also don't look at strangers like serial killers. Um, but there's yeah. so much negativity and there's so much, there's such a warped view of the world that comes from shows like that that you kind of have to stop. So we're very, very careful. So, so anytime we want to watch a new show... Um, you know, and some of them, I'm more sensitive to things than other than, than, Mm -hmm. than my husband it is. So there are some that he can watch and I'll sit down and I'll watch, you know, because with Netflix and Amazon prime, we can see things from all over the world. So there's like some of them where he'll, where, where he'll be sitting down watching one and I'll sit down and go, yeah, no, this is a bit too dark for me. And I just kind of pick up and leave and go into another room and read a book for a bit. Um, and then he knows that when I'm working, then he can totally watch it, but it's not something that we watch together.
0: Oh, and it's funny you mentioned Criminal Minds because I am a huge, huge SVU fan. I could watch Law & Order episodes back to back to back all day long. In fact, it's what I, when I used to spend all day on Sunday cooking, that's what I would do. I'd put Mm them on Law & Order and watch it literally for five, six, seven hours straight and I'd cook meals for the whole week and all Mm -hmm. that. Listen, I had to stop watching that because it is oftentimes ripped from the headline type story. yeah, And it's distressing. And when I realized that it was distressing, I said, you know what, we're not doing this. We're going to really focus our energy on being more uh, upbeat or at least neutral, not constantly swinging from one emotion to another, because that's not the way that I think that I should be living my life. And I think we don't realize sometimes how much we take on those things, like whether it's reality yeah. TV or what have you. I yeah. personally like things with slightly ridiculous premises. And I find that if it's, if it's something like that, I can watch it.
2: <laughs> right. Well, and you know, and there are things like that too. So, so we haven't stopped watching crime shows altogether. There's a British one called Shetland, which is set on the Island of, on the, on the Island of Shetland, which is between Norway and Scotland. Um, but it's, it's a, it's a British Isle. Um, And we love watching it just so that we could see the scenery. Like, and it's not super dark. It's not super dark. Like there's some, there are some things that are like, like this season, they'll generally follow one. It's generally one crime for the whole season. Um, So it works a little bit differently, but. And the one this particular season is is a little bit darker than I typically go with, but there's so much beautiful scenery that it stops you for a minute it's like oh that's so pretty right. um, and, it, and it's able to it's able to pull it's able to pull me out enough that I can still watch it um, some of these other some of these other shows it's like no I just I just can't
0: yeah and you yeah. have to be careful of that you have to be careful what you feed your brain
2: Absolutely. You really
0: do I mean if you don't think that your brain is is it's using all this information that you're taking on, whether from the music, from the television shows, <laughs> from the video games, from the people around you, from the news. I, I promise you it is. And that's not me. Uh, bad, before anybody says anything, I'm not bad-mouthing video games or anything else. I I love games. I love games. I was, I was an arcade chick back in the day. I, I like video games. Uh, don't take a lot of time to play them so much anymore, but I like that kind of stuff. I'm just saying you have to be, you have to balance what you're feeding your brain exactly and and you have to balance that energy and really i think you know this leads us to to really what are the three main things that we think folks should keep in mind about dealing with all this energy especially today especially now mm-hmm. while we have so much um discord in our country yeah. and i think the first thing is really being aware yeah of the energy that you're around, taking it on board, just realizing, mm-hmm. you know, there is all this energy out there and I need to be aware of what I'm allowing into my space, into my mm-hmm. brain, into my heart. Yeah.
2: Yes, absolutely. And before then, I mean, really, um, I would say a step before that for people that have, where this is a completely new concept. Um, and I don't, for most people, it's not going to be because I think even different, um, D- different kind of spiritual faiths have covered this in some way, but even if you have never considered this, then stop and think about how you know just kind of test it out. use your intuition, test it out, think about you know walk into different places and and stop for a minute and think about whether what the energy feels like there or what the energy feels like when you're talking to a friend. like do an experiment and figure it out you'll you'll find that it's there if you're if you're aware enough, it's there. Um, but then assuming you already know that that's true, then yes, absolutely. Be aware of the energy around you be careful what you take on board. Um, and realize that it is possible for you to take it on board. Um, and then um, I would say this, the second or third thing is realizing that energy may affect your reactions to other things. Um, you know, yeah, that's a big one. Being around watching a lot of negative news or watching a lot of negative television is going to inherently make you look at the view, make you look at the world in a more negative manner. And so then you have to stop and realize how it's affecting what your reactions are. And then just again, do more experiments, cut out some kind of more, some of the more darker TV shows, cut out the news and see how it makes you feel. Um, and then, you know, better figure that out.
0: And that might mean that you have to love people from a distance sometimes. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe, maybe that good friend that you have who calls you up and complains about stuff, isn't the best person for you to talk to when you're in the middle of trying to write your book or you're in the middle of starting a new project or something like that, Mm -hmm. where you're trying to to really focus your energy in a positive and upbeat way, you know, Mm -hmm. you're going back to school or whatever. We need to maybe sometimes love people from a distance for a while.
2: Yeah. Or, or even if it's just, um, you know, um, stopping for a minute, you know, telling your friend, texting your friend and saying "Um, I've got a lot going on right now. I don't have time to talk um, you know, I'll call you in a couple of weeks and then spending some time working through your stuff and gearing up enough energy to deal with the negativity when you do talk to those people.
0: Yeah. Um, and then lastly, probably, you know, I think this is the most valuable one for me at least, and I hope it's valuable to other people is to spend some time quieting your mind so that you can kind of tease out, those emotions like well is this really what i'm feeling like really tune into your body really tune into your your energy your spirit and is this really what i'm feeling or is this something else because sometimes we may think that we're feeling sad but nothing has happened to trigger sadness so where is it coming from Right. right. Where, you know, what has changed in the last few days? Let's say if you've discovered you've been feeling sad, what, when did it start? Who were you around? What were you doing? And is this genuinely what you feel or are you picking up some other energy that's tapping into feelings that you may have or right. that you have maybe experienced in the past or something like that? So just really, and then, and uh, again, just yeah, I know that a lot of people say, "Oh, that quieting the mind thing, that meditation thing." That's a prayer is meditation too, guys. Mm-hmm.
2: Taking Just... a walk, yeah, taking a walk on the beach is meditation. Is, exactly. is a form of quieting the mind. Walking, you know, walking through a park and 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 listening to the leaves rustle. That's a form of quieting the mind. It's essentially. It's not necessarily. It can be, but it's not necessarily the traditional. Let's, I'm going to sit down and meditate and, and empty all thoughts from my mind. It is simply being present with where you are and, and, and focusing your mind so that it doesn't spiral and so that it's not so quick to jump from, from topic to topic to topic.
0: Exactly. And what it will do, too, is not just help you figure out what you're feeling, But if you're in a situation with someone where maybe you've been assuming that they were behaving in a certain way or doing something for certain reasons, you may then be able to see and feel that that's not really what they're doing. And it it can help calm the situation. You'd be surprised how much something like that can calm a situation, particularly if people are agitated.
2: Mm hmm.
0: So. Our three main takeaways, guys, you know, be aware of the energy that you're around and be aware that there is such a thing as energy and be (laughs) aware that, um, you know, the energy that you're around and realize that maybe not all of the emotions that you personally are, are feeling are actually yours. You may be taking on other people's energy, whether from media or social media or from, you know, sitting in traffic with people or friends and family. And then. Quiet your mind, whether it's through meditation, through prayer, through taking walks, through exercise. I find that exercise is a really good one. So that way you can really isolate what you're feeling and tease that out so that you can then disperse the energy that really doesn't belong to you. Just get rid of that. Release it. Julia, thank you for being on True Talk. Thank you. Well, that's our show this week, guys. You can reach out to me online at urbanbookeditor.com or michellebarard.com. You can also find me on Facebook and Instagram as Urban Book Editor. Send me a note. I'd love to hear from you. Feel free to send in some topics you'd like us to cover on the show. Make sure you tune into the show on September 13th, when my guest will be author and inspirational speaker Tawana Williams. You can find us twice a month on Fridays at 5 p.m. Pacific, 6 p.m. Mountain, 7 p.m. Central, and 8 p.m. Eastern at thesomewhereinthemiddlepodcast.com. Let's continue the conversation. You guys be good, stay mindful, and remain prayerful. Peace and blessings, y'all.